What is up, everybody? This is Hater Radio. My name is Chris McLean. I'm here again without Ian Gibson, but it looks like he'll be here uh, in the future. I figured out some uh, scheduling things that we can uh, make it easier for us to get together on these days to do these uh, recap and uh, preview shows. Um, so hopefully going forward, he'll be here more often, um, which would be nice. It's uh, as much as I like doing it, I do like doing it with Ian because it's just easier to have a back and forth with each other instead of just me always holding the conversation the entire time. So it's a little bit more difficult for me to sit there and just constantly have the, you know, what's going on. It's easier if I can take a second, gather my thoughts as he's going over what he's talking about, and then I can come in, you know, encounter with my point or whatever. But regardless, it was a great week of college football. Um, probably one of the best weeks I've seen in a long time. Uh, I think it was like 2007 was the last time we saw this many top 25 matchups. I believe seven of those were in that uh, period in like September time. I think that's specifically what the caveat is. So there was like six matchups in, in on Saturday, just games left and right. I tried to watch as many as I could yesterday. There were so many, it was almost impossible to. I had my big screen TV going. I had my desktop going. I had my phone going. I could have even had my tablet going if I really wanted to. Um, but I just tried to really, as I could watch like three games at once. It's just, it's a little too much. Like, honestly, I, especially with certain games, um, I really wanted to watch the Florida state Clemson game, which I watched the entire thing. And it was a great game. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, I really wanted to watch the USF uh, Rice game, and I really wanted to watch the UCLA-Utah uh, game, which I watched both of those back and forth. I kept uh, switching back and forth, and I even did uh, a little run in between, so I made the most of my afternoon as best I could. But just a tremendous day overall. Um, you know, it's definitely a college football lover's day. You know, it was something that you'll appreciate especially on those days when there's not as many good games. So, you know, savor what happened yesterday. Um, there'll be some good days as well. Obviously, there's always a lot of good days with college football, but then there's some stinkers like, you know, it's just it just is what it is. It's just with what you have with college football. So let's begin. Uh, the first game I want to talk about um, was the UCLA-Utah game because that was out of the four teams that I cover or that we cover, that is – by far the best game of the day. It was a lot of hype into this game because Dante Moore was looking uh, very good at the start of the year. Um, he was putting up really good numbers. You know, UCLA was rolling. The offense was steamrolling people. The run game was just ridiculous. Carson Steele was having a, a really good go of it. And then Incoming this game, you know, Cam Rising still didn't play. The, I, the money line looked like it moved, thinking that maybe Cam Rising would have played, um, but it he didn't end up playing. Um, Utah didn't need him, though. And it's evident with this defense, Utah has the best defense, bar none in the Pac-12, and maybe one of the best, I'd say, top eight defenses in the country. They are just ferocious. I mean, they're attacking the offensive line nonstop throughout the game. 
They, uh, you know, prevent the run game to almost non-existent in every team they play. Uh, and they played Baylor, Florida, and UCLA at this point. I don't think there's a single team in the country that has the argument uh, of a better schedule than Utah. Utah played their asses off without their starting quarterback, and they're 4-0. At this point, until they lose, they deserve a lot of props for what they're doing. And I think that, I mean, it's amazing what Whittingham has done. He is was, uh, you know, prevented the urge of putting in rising prematurely because if he goes in there early and he gets hurt, then it's it's over for them, like completely. Like they're they're hanging on right now, but they're doing a tremendous job. That defense, first play of the game, boom, UCLA goes back to pass. Dante Moore throws errant pass. I don't know what he was doing because even if you watch the route. It would have been way behind the guy anyways, and he throws it into like almost triple coverage. And guy, the linebacker for Utah just runs it right back in. Boom, touchdown. They're up 7-0 first play from scrimmage. Very eerily similar to the Florida game where it sets them up for the rest of the game. Huge difference for them, especially for a team that likes to play defense. You know, to get a 7-0 lead right away, I mean that's a huge confidence booster. I don't care where you're, what who team, what team you are, you are gonna have, uh, you know, uh, a lot of momentum moving forward if you're starting a game off seven nothing without any other kind of play. If it was a seventy yard uh, throwing touchdown like it was in the Florida game, or an interception return for a touchdown in the uh, UCLA game, just a tremendous start for Utah, and then. Just they bottled up Dante Moore, countless sacks. I mean, they they were constantly in the backfield the entire time. It was just tremendous. And, you know, uh, that red zone turnover that the Bruins had, honestly, it was probably the play of the game because if they score there, they keep it a one-score game at 14-7 after Utah had scored earlier in the game after the other early score. And, you know, if uh, – the Bruins had scored there when they were moving the ball pretty well. They would have made it 14-7, and then the second touchdown they scored later in the game would have tied it up. So who knows what would have happened if they don't turn it over there, which was a fumble by Dante Moore. So huge turnovers by Dante Moore. I know it was only two, but, you know, one too many. Honestly, really just – if it was just one, they probably would have won the game. Um, but – uh just a crazy game. I mean, it was low scoring, but it was a good game. Um, you know, they they pinned their ears back in that uh, last quarter, uh, Utah, because they knew that UCLA had to throw it, and they just kept coming after Dante, and they got him several times in that last uh, that last period. Um, yeah, just a tremendous game. I don't think this is the end for UCLA. They still have a lot to play for. This is one loss. They can still get into the Pac-12 championship game regardless of this one loss. So there's a lot to play for. They have plenty of games to get right, um, to get back into the season, and uh, you know, plenty of chances to uh, redeem themselves. Totally redeem themselves, you know. Anyways, <laughs> I had to do that. Uh, the next game, just a stinker. What a stinker. Charlotte, Florida. Um, you know, the Gators, I know – the Twitter Gator family was 
melting down last night. And I get it. You know, it was a tough game. You know, the, the offense struggled mightily. Um, they kicked five field goals. Um, you know, the defense, though, I'm going to say this. I know it was obviously a struggle. The special teams, besides the field goal makes, uh, were a lot of penalties. And they did get a field. Uh, they blocked a punt partially, which they haven't done in a long time. And they had a good return. It was brought back by penalty. So the penalties were a struggle. They were missing guys on field goal block and other uh, different special teams plays. So missing guys there, which is, you know, mind blowing. But I will say in that Notre Dame game, they on that tumultuous play or the uh, the final, the climax, the final play, uh, they didn't have enough men on on defense as well. They only had 10. They were missing alignment. So it does happen even to really good teams, which you could say you could definitely say Notre Dame is a really good team, a potential playoff team. So I will say the defense for Florida, tremendous night, just, you know, ridiculous. Charlotte's not very good. Um, Jalen Jones, their quarterback, that was a, a former recruit of Florida. Actually, I think he was on campus for a short period before getting kicked off um, uh, by Dan Mullen. And in that uh, Chris Steele saga where there, Chris Steele ended up going out to uh, USC. Um, but um, no, regardless, it was a great effort by the defense. They were ferocious in the first half. I was watching a lot of the highlights because I watched the condensed game. So I got to watch the whole game and, you know, just put it to them. You know, I think they only had like 200 yards total offense. Um, you know, now they're up to like fifth nationally, which, you know, considering they played for, uh, Tennessee and Utah in those mix of games, that's a really good number right now. Fifth nationally. That's huge. C considering where they were last year, they were like, I think near hundredth in the nation, which is complete turnaround from one year to the next. Um, just a night and day difference. Austin Armstrong deserves all the credit in the world and counter that with, I think you have to temper what happened because, you know, the game in the beginning of it started off with two offensive linemen being suspended for the first half and uh, Kingsley, the center, Egocon, uh, missing the entire game because of his ankle. So it was three of the five starting offensive linemen weren't there. Uh, there was a new tight end starting. There was, you know, it's just, I'm not excusing it because it was obviously bad. The play calling was very conservative. You know, they didn't really go after it on fourth downs, but they also weren't getting the push that they were needed on run, running plays. You know, anytime it was third and short or uh, whatever, it was ugly. They could not get the push. They were not getting uh, the the running lanes that they needed to be able to convert those short yardage plays. And it just was, it was ugly. They were not being able to uh, do the things that they did the previous week against Tennessee, which it is a huge letdown going from basically demolishing Tennessee and uh, going into this game and struggling to the point where, you know, they, they looked, they looked ugly and it looked terrible. I mean, only scoring 22 points, um, and only winning by 15 against a team that was overly matched completely. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the USF game because Charlotte was never truly in this game. The defense completely held them in check. And um, 
you know, there were points where Charlotte would move the ball, but then they would shoot themselves in the foot by penalties. So as much as it seemed like Charlotte was moving, had some stuff working, it was, you know, obviously because they were making those penalties to help them uh, move it along. But uh, for the most part, the defense was tremendous. And, um, you know, again, grain of salt because it's not the greatest of, of opponents. But so far out of four games, you can extrapolate from this uh, that there is a trend here that the defense is very good and that the team can rely on this going forward. So if the team can rely on defense going forward, um, they don't have to be as dominant on offense. Not that they are dominant, but, you know, they don't have to like put up, you know, 40, 50 points a game, which they won't. They're not good enough to do that. But I will say Trey Wilson was out. Andy Jean did get uh, some time. He got a, a big run play and a nice reception. And, uh, you know, Persall had a tremendous catch, just a one-hander, and it looked just like the, the Jordan logo, which everyone was, uh, you know, hyping up. And it was like the top play yesterday. It was sick. It was it, it, and he kept, he held on to it because he got smashed by two guys and just a hell of a catch. And he had a great game. And, uh, you know, it's just I really think this team is not is not great on offense. And it's not even necessarily very good. It's probably about above average, I will say, at this point, which is not not where we want to be as fans. I mean, I'm definitely a Florida fan. And I definitely want to see this team win and score points, score a lot of points. But at this point, I think we just need this team to keep winning games, which now they've won three games in a row the first time in a long time. You know, last year, I don't think they ever did it last year. So, you know, three wins in a row is something to celebrate. Moving on to the next game, which they're going to play Kentucky. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, just about how they did against Vandy. But, uh, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's definitely not good. Um, uh, but I don't see I don't see this team being as bad as maybe it looked yesterday. It was definitely not the same team as it was against Tennessee, largely because of who was out on the offensive line. And it sucks that the offensive line, the backups are not up to par right now. But, you know, it is what it is. The, the starting offensive line is – Good enough to win in the SEC, obviously, because they did well enough against Tennessee. So, you know, got to hope that the injuries stay away and that uh, they continue to get the guys healthy and to get the guys back, which they will for next week. So moving on, let's talk about the um, USF Rice game. Just ridiculous, man. The fact that USF had not won an FBS game in – I God knows how when, uh, how long. I don't even remember how long. I know they were like one in like 37 or some shit like that um, over uh, Jeff Scott's tenure and then like the last bit of uh, Charlie Strong and then going into now starting uh, Je uh, Alex Golish's tenure. So it was a long four or five years there where we uh, USF did not get an FBS win. I think the last FBS win uh, was against Temple. So they literally only beat one FBS team in like five years. And it was just such a terrible long stretch. And 
just really needed to get that off of our backs to finally move forward. And yes, I'm wearing my green USF shirt because you know what? I'm proud today. And I was glad I was wearing it all day because you know what? They deserve this win. The guys, especially the ones that have been there forever, you know, uh, Atkins, the wide receiver, he's been there a long time. Some of the defensive players have been there a really long time. Even Byron Brown's only been there a year and a half. He saw the bad times, so he's well aware of what is going on there. So all these guys deserve it. I mean, Byron Brown just went off, had over 500 yards of offense. Um, uh, the wide receiver for USF, um, God, fuck, I don't have his name. Hold on a second. Um, Simmons, yeah, just Simmons, just 272 yards of receiving yards, um, the most ever by a wide receiver in the state of Florida. That is tremendous. Like, you know, considering the the level of receiver that has come through the state of Florida, Michael Irvin, uh, Rydell Anthony, Ike Hilliard, Jacquez Green, uh, Peter Warwick, uh, Percy Harvin, and he did it bigger than all of them. That is just killer, man. I hats off to you, dude. You were just unguardable. Like every time out, I was watching the highlights. He just smoked those DBs every time. He just, eh, man, it was such a great effort. And you know, they put up 600 yards of offense. And you know, JT Daniels for Rice put up a big effort, and they definitely stayed in this game for a while until really Daniels got hurt. If he stays in, I don't know what happens. I mean, he probably throws for at least 500 yards because he was going for it. At that point, it didn't even matter because they only ran the ball for a yard, literally one yard can minus the sacks and everything or whatever. So that is crazy. One rushing yard. I just, I'm happy for them. This is the you know the first big victory in a long time. Um, hopefully, this is just the start. We can see moving forward where this team goes. I think that USF has a great path forward. The conference is not that difficult. There are plenty of winnable games. Temple, uh, Navy is winnable. Uh, UConn is a winnable game. Just uh, North Texas, I believe, is a winnable game. There's a ton of games that USF has a shot in going through the rest of the year. Um, you know, they could win seven games, maybe even eight, which I don't think anybody would have thought coming in. I mean, I think I had them at like five and seven, six and six, but this is great step forward. I love what Alex Golish is doing. He is not satisfied at all. He wants to put the, uh, the pedals of the metal which the offense clearly does and is clearly capable. Byron Brown is is a stud, 22 of 29, two TDs, and uh, 82 rushing yards on the ground. Still, I believe, leading the nation for uh, quarterbacks rushing. Just a sick game overall. Just I'm so proud of them. You know, it's it's a great effort, and it's a huge step in the right direction. So hopefully we can continue this especially next week. Okay, moving forward, uh, USC, kind of a tricky game out in the desert against Arizona State. You know, they had their hands full because Arizona State was 
doing every trick play imaginable, fake punts, you know, uh, backwards passes, uh, you know, onside kicks, literally everything. They emptied the bag. They did not, they did not wait. They did not hesitate. They called everything. And you know what? USC did their best to uh, withstand it. And Caleb Williams freaking dominated, regardless of the fact that uh, Arizona State pulled out all these stops. Um, you know, Caleb Williams looked great again. He's, you know, now in position to uh, set himself up for another uh, Heisman campaign, which at this point, I don't really see anyone else in front of him at this point because he was so dominant last year and he's continuing it again. I mean, over 300 yards again, three TDs again, just a just killer instinct this kid has. And he's he's so hard to bring down. Arizona State struggled all game, and most everyone does. They put up over 500 yards of offense. Um, Lloyd, the running back for USC, just – I think that's their bellwether now, and they need to just go with him. He had 154 on the ground. Uh, Brennan Rice, the receiver, 133 in the air, two uh, touchdowns. You know, it it could have been a lot worse as far as the score, but Arizona State stayed with them. Um, Scatabo, the running back for them, the kid just kept coming and he never gave up. You know, he was definitely a worthy competitor. He's very short, but really quick. And he also played quarterback in high school. So he has a decent enough arm to be able to do those trick plays that they really took advantage of, uh, USC, but just, um, you know, yeah. Cause Arizona state was nine of 16 on third and fourth down conversions. That's really fucking good. That kept them in the game, and they were able to do all those trick plays to be able to convert those plays. But again, this is a Pac-12 road game. You honestly just want to survive this game because, you know what, it's not the end of the world. They still won this game. And next week, setting up that big matchup against Colorado, I really think USC – should blow the doors off them as well. It's another, uh, you know, offensive team that Colorado is going to struggle with because their defense is not very good. Okay, moving on to the rest of these games. Rutgers, Michigan, I wasn't really impressed. They're kind of whatever. You know, Michigan is just this team that who cares? You know, Harbaugh was back, but Rutgers is not a very good team. Sorry, Jeff Schmidt, my buddy. Uh, they're a below average Big Ten team and uh, whatever. Okay, the I think probably the game of the day. This was just a – I mean, I totally thought that Clemson had this game, this, this being the Florida State-Clemson game. Clemson had control of the game from almost the beginning. FSU clawed back. And then really what, what was the turning point was – Clemson was driving. They just had a big run. Clubnick uh, goes back to pass. And the running back, he has 
looks like the duty or like the responsibilities of picking up that blindside blitz and he doesn't notice it. So he trails off to the left a little bit. The blindside blitz just comes in and he's just unblocked and just boom, smashes Klubnik. He drops the ball. And this is where I think that Florida State had the luck in their favor all day. There are a bunch of other things go their way. But this was specifically what I noticed when this happened. The ball bounces. It's going right for a big guy, one of Florida State's D linemen. And he goes to pick it up, and it, like, bounces out of his hand. And not only does it bounce out of his hand, but it bounces directly into the DB that was on that blitz that sacked uh, Klubnik and forced the fumble. And it goes right into that guy's hands and he's just off and running. And it's like, if it goes into the big guy's hands, he picks it up and he probably doesn't score because he's slow and one, someone comes and tackles him. But no, goes right in the DB's hands and boom, they score. And you knew the luck was on Florida State's side because of that. Because it was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, that was very fortunate. Rest of the game, Clemson still controlled the game. They uh, they get a, a an opportunity to hit a field goal to win. Minute 45 left, set up a 29-yard field goal. I'll have to tell you this just because it was, you know, how superstitious I am. Yes, I'm not a Florida State fan, and I wanted them to lose. So I'm watching the game. My fiance comes back from working out. She comes in, and I'm saying hello to her. And then she comes into the office and sees that it's close, and she goes, I'm going to walk away before you tell me I'm bad luck. And I'm just like, oh, my God, don't ever say that. And she just walks off. Literally, they're setting up to kick the field goal, and boom, he misses the field goal. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Basically uh, saying no hitter when a no hitter is happening. And I told even her her, uh, her dad later that night, and, he, and I was like talking about don't say no hitter during a no hitter. It's like, yeah, you don't ever say that. And she just like had no idea. She's not really into sports. She's definitely not into football. She only really follows baseball. But I just was like, oh my God, don't ever, don't ever jinx it. Just if you were going to just not say anything, just close the door, walk out. That's all you have to do. Um, but regardless, um, just crazy ending. They go into overtime. Uh, Florida State scores really quickly. And then Clemson can't uh, figure out their offense from there. And that was it. And just, just, I mean, I would have thought Florida state would have lost this game and they barely survived this game. I'm talking about this is Clemson dominated this game the entire way. And, um, you know, uh, Florida state really did not deserve to win this game, but, you know, I mean, I'm looking at the, the game cast win proper probability on ESPN and like, you know, Clemson had, you know, a large percentage of the game. They were likely to win this game and just, I, man, if I was Dabo, I would sick to my stomach after this game. I would be, Oh, should have beaten this team. But I will say this Florida state, does have a decent offense. Coleman is good. I'm not going to lie. I think he's definitely better than Wilson. And uh, But their offense, besides that, I'm not really that enamored with. Jaheim Bell, okay. Benson, I never really thought too highly of. I thought he just did well in um, games against bad teams, which, okay. 
you know, did well against bad teams. But um, no, uh, their defense is not good. Clemson, you know, put up huge numbers on them. And uh, this game, this game honestly should have been a two score game. And Florida State just got extremely lucky to be in this game. They did nothing in the second half. They had a field goal and every other possession was a punt and a turnover on downs because it was like near the end of the game. So, you know, just I don't think they're very good. They still have games against Duke, which Duke has quality players. Their quarterback is really good. Uh, Wake Forest has a good quarterback. They lost yesterday against Tech, but I think Tech is better than years past. So, you know, that's understandable that Wake might lose a game or two, maybe even more. But Wake is a solid team, and it's in – in uh, uh, God, I can't even remember where Wake's uh, – the hometown is. What's well, at Wake Forest, at least. And then they have a game against Miami, and they have a game against Florida on the road. And then if they get to the ACC championship game, they have a game against either UNC – most likely, or again against Clemson. So I saw one of my friends saying that, oh, uh, Florida State's going to go undefeated into the playoff. Highly doubt it. They're going to lose at least one game out of that mix. They should at least, they should at least lose one game, probably, probably two. And I would have thought they would have lost these two games in, against LSU and Clemson, but they survived them. So, you know, LSU shot themselves in the foot and Clemson, clearly the better team, just – Florida State's luck was uh, in their in Florida State's favor that day. Okay, moving on. Uh, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Um, I feel bad for Gus Johnson because Gus Johnson had probably one of the worst games all day, and there was a slew of amazing games. And for whatever reason, they decided to put uh, him on the Oklahoma Cincinnati game and. You know, Oklahoma is a good team. I'm, I'm definitely seeing them perform a lot better in, than last year. Um, but Cincinnati's not very good. I'm not really the biggest fan of Emory Jones. I know that's probably well documented, especially with some of my articles I've done over the years, uh, you know, being uh, critical of his play. Um, but Cincinnati, you know, put up a decent fight, but, you know, they never were going to really compete with Oklahoma. You know, one of the, Emory Jones passes in the end zone. It was into double coverage, and it was just like, man, where are you throwing this to? But uh, so Cincinnati loses this one. It was a close one, but um, uh, Oklahoma wins 20 to 6. Okay. Um, next one Auburn, Texas AM. I would have thought more of Auburn in this game, but Auburn look putrid. I think they had, what is it? 200 total yards of offense. I mean, both teams are not very good. And I'm not really like sold on AM until they beat like an Ole Miss or they beat Alabama or they beat LSU, which they have to play all three. So I don't really think highly of them. They still could win eight games, but you know, they may even struggle against Arkansas, which I know is coming up soon. Um, but uh AM wins this one 27-10. It was even a touchdown um, on a defensive return by Auburn where Jimbo was out in the middle of the field. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Jimbo, you look like uh, like Mitch McConnell out there uh, struggling to get out of the way. Uh, but uh, no, just it was just kind of a boring game. Um, not really anything 
uh, to take home from. But uh, God, it feels like Aeneas, Aeneas Smith has been there forever for AM and he's still there. Um, yeah, not much here from these games or from this game. Uh, the next game I have is Kentucky Vanderbilt. Kentucky gets two pick sixes in this game. And without that, this game would have been a lot closer because Leary, Devin Leary, did not look great in this game. He still had over 200 yards, but he had two interceptions himself. And um, the run game was okay for Kentucky, uh, about 160 yards. But Vanderbilt, you know, was kind of messing around there for a little bit. And it just was really those turnovers were key because those both of them led to points. So obviously a 14-point swing there. Um, I think definitely Vanderbilt is beatable for Florida. And now setting up this game with K- Kentucky um, in uh, next week in uh, Lexington, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, Devin Leary is a good quarterback. I don't know how good this Kentucky team doesn't seem that great. I mean, just from watching this, this set of highlights of, of the whole game, it just doesn't seem like t- Kentucky is that strong, but then again, Florida didn't look that great this last week against Charlotte, but Florida also beat Tennessee pretty handedly. So at this point, I'm going to say that Florida probably should be the, the better team in this game. But as of right now, Vegas is favoring this game. So We'll talk about that more on Wednesday, but I still think Florida is the better team and they should win the game. But, you know, last couple of years have been quite wild up in Lexington. It's a noon game, so we'll see. Okay. uh, SMU, TCU. uh, TCU looking a lot better the last couple of weeks. They were in control of this game pretty thoroughly. Um, Morris, the quarterback for TCU put up 261 for three TDs, just solid performance. They never really were in doubt. Um, they win this one 34, 17, um, you know, TCU is definitely, uh, in the mix for a big 12, uh, possibility championship game possibility because their first loss, their only loss was against Colorado, who is as of right now in the Pac-12. So everything's still to play for for TCU. So we'll see for them. Okay, uh, next game, Ole Miss, Alabama. You know, Jalen Milrow had an efficient game. He had an interception, but he had an inefficient, he had an efficient game. Only four in completion, 17 of 21 for 225 and a TD. Um, I don't know, man. I they beat Ole Miss. I'm not the biggest fan of Ole Miss's defense. Never really have been the last couple of years. They've been really soft. Lane Kiffin is not the best of uh, you know defensive teams. He puts up good offenses, but even this offense kind of struggled. But Bama's defense is still really good. They held USF to only three points last week, which USF obviously put up a ton of yards and a ton of points. So, um. Going forward, this Bama team is not out of anything. This is their first uh, SEC win. Um, Their loss that they had this year was against Texas. So maybe their demise is too soon, and maybe they still have a chance to really uh, contend here, which I think they do. I think LSU-Bama game is probably going to be 
the decider here this year of who goes to the SEC championship game from the West, the last of the West East matchups. So um, a lot to play for, for Alabama. They win 24, 10, just, you know, moving forward. And they have a lot of tough games going forward, but this is a big one to get out of the way, especially because now, uh, um, you know, just getting Lane Kiffin off their back because it's always such a circus when this game comes up. Okay. You know, the hullabaloo again behind uh, Colorado. I knew this was going to happen. I called it before the game. and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just being that this is what, what the reality was. Oregon was a way big, a much big, a really big step up in competition for Colorado. So Colorado came into this game 3-0. and They thought so highly of themselves. They were looking at their own press clippings. And, you know, um, Dan Lanning said it before the game in the his pregame speech, you know, they're playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. And it was – it looked like that out there because they stomped them and it could have been way worse. I'm looking at the win probability here. They had a win probability of 93% to start the game and it only grew to hundred percent by halftime. So literally never in doubt the entire game. So, you know, Dan Lanning had this team prepared. It is a very good team. Bo Nix got to put him on the Heisman list. You have to. Has to be minimum top four. I mean, he's up there with Caleb and Michael Penix Jr., which we'll talk about later, and Drake May and Quinn Ewers now, too. So you have all four or five of those guys just studs. I mean, Sam Hartman kind of fell off a little bit this last game, but maybe we'll talk about that game and we'll understand why. But Bo Nix, solid game, 276 in the air, uh, three TDs. And then he also had um, another touchdown on the ground. So four total TDs, just a tremendous game from him. Just now Oregon, big step for them, beating this Pac-12 foe, you know, the, the first conference game. They now have a chance to really outpace themselves, outpace everyone else. And I think they can, I think with – Oregon and USC, I think those two right now, Utah definitely, but they, they got to get Cam Rising back. But well, and Washington. I mean, it's honestly, this year would be the perfect year for a 12 team playoff because Oregon would get in, Utah would get in, USC would get in, Washington would get in. Those four definitely would get in. I, without a doubt, those four teams deserve to get in. And UCLA may even sneak in as well. And in Oregon State and Washington State, so you have – it's crazy how good this conference is this year. It is remarkable. I, I love it. I'm, I've been watching Pac-12 football the last six years since I've moved out here and gotten more and more involved with watching it. And it's just – it's – I know people like to talk shit about it because they're on the West Coast and they're, a lot of their games are late. But, man, there's a lot of talent here. These teams are really good, and I don't think – you can deny that this year Pac-12 is the best conference in the entire country. Okay, uh, but Colorado gets smacked 42-6, to six. whatever, is what it is. They got USC next week, and I think they're going to get smacked again, so we'll see. Okay, interesting game, BYU-Kansas. 
first Big 12 game for BYU. Welcome to be uh welcome to the Big 12 because they got smacked as well. 38-27. It was a close game. Uh Daniels for uh Jalen Daniels for Kansas is the kid he's got he's he's a stud, man. He can uh move the ball for them. He puts up a lot of big plays. Uh you know, early in the game, there was a massive hit, fumble, and re- return for touchdown for KU. And then they got a pick six as well. You know, if Daniels is healthy, they're a really good team, this Kansas team. But Slovis didn't look too bad either for BYU, which I've said all year. I like Slovis and I like BYU. Um, this was a good game. Uh, BYU has a lot to play for. This is not the end of their year. Uh, but but Kansas can really run the ball. Okay, uh uh, so Kansas wins 38-27. Uh, UTSA, Tennessee. So Tennessee, back in their winning ways, really demolished UTSA 45-14. This game was never close. Um, they really put it away in the first half and just kind of, you know, slept walk through the rest of the game. But um, uh, Joe Milton had... 209 through the air. He had a really long run at one point. Um, Samson, smotty pants. <laughs> he had 139 yards uh, and two TDs on the ground. Um, good performance by them. They get off the schneid, but it's kind of tough in the SEC East because that one loss really kind of hampers them a lot because now they're technically two games behind Florida because Florida would have to lose two games for Tennessee to overcome them uh, because they lost head to head to them. So a lot to play for. They could still end up beating Georgia. They could still get in the playoff more than they could get into the SEC uh, championship game. Like at as of right now, because they only have one loss, you know, if they went out, they would have a really good shot at getting into the playoff, but it's going to be a little bit harder to get to the SEC championship game, which is weird how that works, but that's how it is. Uh, Texas BY, uh, no, Baylor, sorry. Um, Texas was in control of this game throughout. Uh, you, Quinn Ewers looks really good. Uh, two, 293 yards through the air, uh, one TD passing. And he had, um, what is it? Uh, I think he had another touchdown running. Yeah, he had a touchdown on the ground as well. Uh, Jonathan Brooks running back for... Texas looked pretty good. Um, just Baylor's not really good, but they also have played two top 12 teams in Utah and Texas now. Um, this is setting up really nicely, though, for a really big OU-Texas game. And considering it's the crescendo of uh, their time in the Big 12, will be really nice to see this game uh, come to, uh, you know, complete here and that'd be the end of their run there in the big 12. Okay. Um, last thing I wanted to say was there was an interception in the end zone and it really ended, uh, any chance of Baylor getting back in the game. That was, and that was it. But, uh, Ohio state, Notre Dame, the other big game of the day, just, you know, these are one of those games where you're like, man, even though it's low scoring, it's still a really good game. Um, Sam Hartman did not look great. He only put up 175 yards to the air. He had a TD. They came back in this one. They were down, um, I believe, 10-0. 
And then they came back, went up 14-10 into the fourth quarter, had the ball with a chance to run the clock out, and they couldn't do it. Just heartbreaking. Ohio State gets the ball back. McCord takes him down the field. One play left with three seconds left. Hands off. Running back goes, dives in, gets a touchdown. They get the extra point. Uh, they kick the ball out of bounds on the kickoff. And then um, Notre Dame had one more play. They did like the uh, the lateral shit, and it didn't really work out. But just a great game. Ryan Day was really pissed after the game <laughs> talking about uh, Lou Holtz and just talking so much shit. So, you know, good for Ohio State. This is a huge win. Um, if they'd have lost there, they would have had, you know, slim hopes of getting into the playoff. Now they have everything to play for. But I think Notre Dame really has a lot to play for because they still play Clemson. They still play Duke next week. And they still play, I believe, even North Carolina. I think there's like one other tough game. But still, oh, USC as well. So they have a lot of tough games and a lot to play for uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, if they're going to be a playoff team, they have an opportunity to contend. And I still believe in them. I still think Sam Hartman's a really good quarterback. And I think this is their best chance out of any year. But it's just, it's tough. They have a tough road. Their schedule is probably tougher than anyone else's this year. Okay, moving on. Really boring game. Penn State smokes Iowa. Iowa only has 76 total yards. 76. That is fucking nothing. Oh, my God. How do you watch these games, you Big Ten fans? This is, I would... I couldn't watch it. I really could not. If I was an Iowa fan, I would stop being an Iowa fan. This is atrocious. Penn State smokes him. Uh, Alar really didn't even look that great. He had four TDs, though, but only 166 total yards. Um, they have uh, 397 total, um, which is amazing considering that uh, their best uh, yardage-wise running back had 72 yards on 21 carries. That is, man, that's a tough uh, 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 yard per carry. That is probably, what is it, 3.4. 3.4 yards per carry. That's ugly. And Singleton had 2.9. Yikes. That is just, ew. I don't know how you people watch this stuff. Um, but uh, very boring game. Ugh. UCF, Kansas State, interesting game. Kansas State gets the win. It was back and forth there for most of it, um, but Kansas State kind of pulls away at the end and gets the win, um, 44 to 31. You know, UCF got that late touchdown. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, UCF, their defense is just not very good, and they gave up uh, 536 yards. And they had 10 penalties. They're just not a good team. You know, Timmy McLean, you know, he's not very good either. He used to be at USF and he's now at UCF. And I don't really think that much of John Rice Pumley either. Pumley wasn't in the game because he was hurt. But I I don't think much of Gus Malzahn is a play caller. And I'm actually glad that UCF has him as a coach because, you know, now that they're in the Big 12, their like ceiling is like six, seven wins. So hey, you know, it, he won't last long and they'll have to figure something out. But looks like USF finds their coach and UCF is gonna be stuck with what they have for the foreseeable future. Okay, moving on. 
This was definitely one of the games of the day. Oregon State, Washington State, back and forth the entire time. Uh, Oregon State scores a late touchdown uh, to make it uh, 35-38, and they had an onside kick to see if they could get the ball and tie it up, but just didn't. Uh, Cam Ward for Washington State had a remarkable game, just put up huge numbers, 404 through the air, four TDs. At one point, he was uh, 15 of 16 for 256 yards. He was just on fire. Um, they just kept coming back to Oregon State. Uh, they had two fumbles that uh, uh, Washington State had two fumbles that put uh, Oregon State in the game. Um, they they had a fake punt Washington State at one point, and then they were up 35-14, um, and then they kicked this like lucky field goal that bounces off the left upright and then somehow goes in, and that really was the difference in the game. Because if they don't make that field goal, uh, Oregon State could have tied it there at the end. So Washington State survives. Oregon State is a really good team. So this is not the end of them either. They have plenty to play for. They have plenty of tough games. So we will see them week in and week out because this is this is just the start of all this Pac-12 craziness because all these teams are starting to play each other. And it's going to be some really high scoring, really tremendous games. So this is one of the first of not only was the Utah UCLA game really good, but this was one of them as well. Okay. Arkansas LSU, another really great game. I mean, just this was such a great day. I mean, you just have to really savor this because I don't think we get many of these where it's just a lot of them living up to the hype, living up to the last second. I mean, literally LSU scores a field goal at the end with three seconds left to win the game. They win 34, 31, Jaden Daniels, a really great game, 320 yards through the air, four TDs, had a pick. Um, just killer game from him. Uh, KJ Jefferson looked really good as well. He had two picks, though, which really hurt him, but he had 289 and three TDs in the air. And uh, just very close for Arkansas. I thought they were going to pull it off, um, but they didn't. And LSU now 2-0 in conference play. I'm, you know, like I said, that LSU Alabama game always looms and it's going to be, you know, right there in the middle of November, uh, you know, presenting itself for LSU or either Alabama to, to to take the West. So, you know, as much as we always like to say there's other teams in the West, it really always comes down to LSU and Alabama. It really does the last like 20 years or so. OK, uh, last two, North Carolina, uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh was up to the task for a little while and then North Carolina just took over, um, you know, uh, um, the defense for North Carolina, I'm not really sold on because Pitt is not, not a very good team. Um, Pitt's, uh, quarterback, Yurovich, is it, where's his name? Yurkovich, uh, he uh, he went out though, so really dampened Pitt, Pittsburgh's chance to really try to come back in this game. Um, but Drake May had a really great game. He had a TD pass and two rushing touchdowns, and uh, Carolina also had a punt return for a touchdown. And Pittsburgh had a 
kickoff return for a touchdown. So good special teams game to see two returns. You don't see that very often. Um, but uh, Carolina wins this one. Keep winning 4-0 and first conference win. So it sets them up moving forward. Uh, last game of the day that I have was Cal Washington. Michael Penix Jr., if you don't know the name, I know you're starting to hear it. So this guy is someone to look out for. I know his games are late. Had 304 yards in the air. Four TDs did have a pick. But, you know, Washington just dominated this game. They were up at one point 45 to 12 or 52 to 12. And, you know, Cal kind of just messed around and got a couple of late touchdowns. But this was never close. Um, had a lot of big plays for uh, Washington. They had a pick six to start the game, a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, three total picks by their defense uh, for their wide receivers, Polk and Odunza. They went over 125 yards each and two TDs. Just Odunze, I think that's how you say his name. I mean, this is a good team, and you will see them going forward when they play USC, when they play Utah, when they play UCLA. This is a team that deserves to be talked about, and not only just in the Pac-12 contenders, but a CFP contender because they definitely have the team to be able to withstand it. So that's it. I know there was a ton. There's a ton of games going on. There's a ton more next week. We are in the thick of things. Conference play has officially started. We're now seeing a lot of, uh, you know, of those uh, tomato can games. They're starting to go away. And we're starting to see now, you know, next week with Florida playing Kentucky and, you know, USC playing Colorado. We're going to see a lot of these bigger games. Um, you know, it's exciting to see these teams play conference play because now we're getting actual uh, results instead of just beating a team up by like 50 points. And it's like, oh, what good does this do? It doesn't really show us how good these teams are. Now we're getting actual proof. So with that being said, that is the show. My name is Chris McLean. I am the host of Hater Radio. Ian Gibson will be back hopefully Wednesday. You can reach us at uh haterradio.com for all of our articles that we do we cover ucla usc florida and usf those are the four main teams that we cover but we also technically really cover all of the teams all of the major games all the ones that we feel that are important for you to know we will cover them and we do a a recap show on sundays and then we do a preview show on wednesdays uh 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m. Pacific. You can catch us live on all the formats, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or not Instagram, uh, YouTube. And then it'll be re-aired. It's on uh, hosted on YouTube as well. So you can catch them there. For Twitter, it is hater at hater underscore radio for both TikTok as well and Instagram and threads. For Facebook, it is Hater Radio CFB. And for YouTube, it is at Hater Radio. So that's where you can find us. We talk all about college football. We'll see you on Wednesday. Looking forward to this next week because it's going to be just as good as this, as this last week. All right, take care.